So if you have your Bibles, open them with me and turn to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, Let us make men in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And that, <laughs> that is a controversial scripture, especially that last part, though it shouldn't be, but it is. Male and female, he created them. Now, um, that's okay, Doris, you made it. Uh, hi, Auntie Julia, welcome to everyone. Hey, Jamin. Um, so this is how I want to start with this, because I want to make sure that this whole, um, the, the, the phrase made in the image of God, I think sometimes, uh, maybe we don't fully understand what that means. So I'm going to, I'm going to go into that first and then we're going to move on to the next thing. So this will be a little bit of an, of an educational type, uh, broadcast, which it, it often is, but I want to let you guys know specifically what it means when, when God says, um, <laughs> when when God says, "Hey Bruno, good to see you," um, made in the, in the image of God, we have to unpack what exactly that means. So we're gonna I'm I'm gonna kind of go through that quickly so that we can get on to the next part of of the study tonight. So in the study of the original language, okay, and I'm just I'm not you know this is me looking at at, at textbooks and 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 theology books, okay. In study of the original language is that God has the shape, figure, and bodily form of a man or a male. Although no one has seen God in bodily form, the original language suggests that he is the likeness of a male. Okay, now I'm not going to go any deeper into that. I'm just going to say this is the study of the original language, that God is a likeness of a man. So people that say that God has no gender or God could be a woman, no, he can't be. He's, he's the likeness of a, of a male, of a man, okay? Um, and so, uh, I agree, Shiva. And so, like I said, I'm not going to go any deeper into that particular aspect of it. Um, but, but that's, again, a study of the original language. Okay, so Adam's body was created to mirror God in that it was created in perfect health, and it was not subject to death. So therefore we know that the goal of us therefore is to be in perfect health and we know that eventually we're gonna be uh, um, resurrected with glorified bodies because there is still an enemy that has not been uh, conquered yet. Because the, the Bible says, let me read the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 25. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And so death is the one thing, therefore, that has not yet been destroyed. But there will be a time when, when we'll no longer die. Because we'll be raised with glorified bodies. And this is the ultimate goal. To, to be in perfect health and to never die. And Adam gave that away. We know what happened in the Garden of Eden, that Adam had uh, uh, um, 
all, all of these things, and he gave them away when man and woman fell into sin, okay? I never, I always like when people say fall into sin. I feel like it makes it seem like it was an accident. It was no accident. Uh, but anyways, um, so, so that's what we know. So Jesus has already defeated sickness and sin. He accomplished that on the cross. And then according to the scripture, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So eventually we won't die. Eventually we will, we will live and reign forever as it was supposed to be in the garden of Eden when male and female were created in the image of God, in the image of God. He created them, male and female. Now, really, you could argue that it's there's it'd be crazy to even consider that there's some other options here because it seems so clear. But this is where we are. Now, um, Yeah, Bruno points out points out the created order. That that's exactly what it says. Made man, out of man he made woman, and God is the head of them. Okay, um, very super simple. Again, super simple to me. Probably super simple to you. E exactly, Steph. It's defined, and that's the thing. It's defined. And you know, Bruno pointed out that verse in in First Corinthians. The the God, man, woman. It's, it's super simple, right? Um, hey, Jill, good to see you. Jamin, my dad's name is Anthony, yes, but he goes by Tony. Um, and he goes by Tony on here as well. Um, so therefore, here's what we know. So we know that Adam was, was created to mirror God, that he's in perfect health. So if someone is born blind or they're missing a limb or they're born deaf, we believe and expect a miracle for them to be restored because that's a result of us being in a fallen world. Not that that is um, the perfect desire and design of God because the perfect design and desire of God is that we mirror him in, in everything that we are. Okay. Um, so, so, so that's something important to keep in mind. That's always, that's always why we believe for restoration and we believe for, you know, people who are, are blind. That's why Jesus said, um, that the blind would see, I have come, that, that the blind would receive their sight. Because it's something that the ultimate goal is that we are in perfect health, right? And that's why Jesus had to come in order to, to set us free from that curse of sickness. Okay, I know I'm kind of going fast through all these things, but, but I hope you're keeping up. So let's talk about the three aspects. So there's three aspects um, about being... Is that right, Jamin? That's awesome. Well, my parents are the best. Um, three aspects about how we're made in the image of God. There's mentally, socially, and morally. So let's talk about mentally. We're created as rational. We can reason and we can choose. This is a reflection of God's intellect. This is a big thing. Um, that's This is something that separates human beings from animals, for example, is that human beings were created to be in union with God, okay? And therefore have dominion over all the rest of creation. So this is what, animals were not created to be in union with God. Human beings were created. So th this is something important and we have 
these mental, social, and moral aspects that animals simply don't have. Animals, I, I love, I love to, to say this story, you know, where I live, um, I live around a lot of farms. And so when I'm driving to church, I, I, I always look, there's these cows, there's a farm with all these cows. Every time I pass by, do you know what they're doing? They're either lying down or they're eating. They don't do anything else. They, they cannot ration. They, they, they don't see like cow communities or like highway systems or, or technology. They, 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 they don't do any of those things. So there is, I really take exception to, to any idea that we somehow come from an animal. We're not, we, we, it's not possible because human beings, we see from the scripture, we're created in the image of God, not animals, not plants. Though we value those things, because God said to be a steward of the earth, right? Um, you know, we, 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 that's why I don't, I, I don't like, we shouldn't like abuse animals. They still matter. They're, they're God's creation, but we, we are not the same. And it's, 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 it's kind of crazy to me that like, you know, puppies and, and kittens and stuff are like valued more than babies. But, but that's, that's what we see. <laughs> um, Pina sometimes, but you know, as Jamin mentioned in his life before Christ, he was like that. You know, we are animal instincts, they say, right? That to, to eat, to sleep and to mate. That, that's it. That, that's all there is. But there's so much more to life than those things. Um, and again, I love dogs. I love animals. Uh, clearly, you know what my favorite animal is. I love them a lot. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, no problem with that. But we just have to make sure it's clear. It's this being made in the image of God that separates us. Because God now, and, and the whole reason why, you know, Christ came to, to remove the veil of separation that existed between us and God, because we are originally created to be united with God. Okay. And that's how, that's how it was in the garden of Eden. I think so, Ro. <laughs> um, so mentally, right? We're created as rational. We can reason and choose. We have free will. This is a reflection of God's intellect. Number two, socially, we are created for fellowship and relationship. It's a reflection of God's love and his triune nature. So when God created man, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. He created a woman out of the man. And then, and now from, from then on, man comes out of women. So they, they complement each other. We need both. Not one that's better than the other. We need both. Mm. Um, it's true, John. We're very fortunate to have that. And I think we have to be very, you know, Pastor Jess summed it up very well yesterday in, in having a fear of a healthy, reverent fear of the Lord, right? More, uh, uh, so yeah, socially, we're created for fellowship and relationship, right? We're created this way. We're created to desire to be in relationship, especially women. And it's no wonder because Adam was created and then women was created for Adam to be a helper to him. And so that's why there's a desire in women to want to be in relationship in, with everything, right? Um, and so, so that's the second thing. And the third thing, morally, and this is the key, we were created for righteousness. We have a moral compass which reflects God's holiness and perfection. I want to talk about this, this, what we call moral compass reflecting God's holiness. Okay. So we were created 
for righteousness. I don't want to read a few scriptures. Psalm 119, verse 160. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting. What do you mean, Steph? I, I already summed it up really well. Women need men. Men need women. We both have unique things that we do. Uh, we're both necessary. Um, <laughs> I agree, Jamin, for sure. Um, so there is no truth outside of God's truth. Now, let me read it again. The sum of your word is truth. God's word is truth. There's nothing outside of that. You can't say, well, I'm going to, because this is, okay, what we're seeing now, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, we're seeing something called postmodernism in which everyone decides their own truth and you can't argue it, right? You cannot, um, um, if somebody, you believe something's true, but somebody else believes it's not true and they believe something else, well, you know, that they're going to believe what they believe and we believe what we believe and everybody's happy that way. But ultimately, as I mentioned, it causes moral chaos because now there's no absolute truth that people point to and say, this is the truth. Okay. Um, and so basically what happens then is that if a person feels they are something, that is contrary to how God created them, they're now allowed to do that because they have decided it's their truth. So despite the fact that it might completely go against God's created order and it goes against everything that God's created and how he's created us and what he's created us to be and his design, like Bruno pointed out earlier about the, the Christ being the head of the man and the man being the head of the woman, that's God's created order. But now... Because everybody makes up their own truth, yeah, your opinion, whatever you feel like, there's now the moral compass now is like, well, you know, I don't feel right about that, but I don't want to offend that person, you know, because, you know, they really believe that, you know, and so there's, there's chaos. Let me read another scripture. John 17, 17. You set them apart for holy work by truth, for your word is truth. If, if there's ever a question or a wondering, what's the truth? How do we determine the truth? How do we know what truth is? God's word is truth. Turn, turn this, this is a great scripture. Turn to Romans 2. This one's like, for me, this is, this is the biggest one. Romans 2 verse 14. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. Since they show, listen to this, that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, their thoughts now accusing, even defending them. This will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ as the gospel declares. So God's truth is written it's compressed upon the hearts of men they know that's why we know without you know without having to be you know you you don't go to someone's house punch them in the face and and steal their television you know it's wrong it's like this if you ever why do we know that and and the, what's happening in the world is we're trying to push that away no uh, um there you know we we could do whatever we want 
You're not bound to listen to anybody. You can do whatever you feel like. But you can't. You can't. You would have to completely ignore what's been impressed on your heart. The Gentiles, they didn't know God. But there was a law. They understood the law because it was in their hearts, written on their hearts. I love the way, <laughs> I love the way it's, it's said. That, that it's wit it, it bears witness their conscience right <laughs> their consciences the law is written on man's hearts so you can't as much as the world can try right the world can try to um, go their own way and do whatever they want and have their own truth you can't because there it's written on your heart that's how you know what's right and wrong it's like Ever since I, hey, Melina, welcome from Florida. Ever since you're, you're a kid, right? And that, yeah, the world, the moral compass of the world now is being pushed away. No, no, you know, we, we don't, we don't listen to that. As if you have, as if you as a human being can change God's truth. You can't. All of our, you, you think of the laws, well, the good ones, you know, why, why you'll go to jail. If you do certain things, because they're secular um, lawmakers. Why are they making these laws? Where does it come from? Because there is something written on the inside of them, their consciences, their moral compass. And, and it's very dangerous to go down a path in which now there is no moral compass. You follow your own compass. Now, if you've ever been lost in the forest, and you say, I don't need a compass. I'll find my way out. Good luck with that. <laughs> and that's what's happening in the world today. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to follow that. I'm not going to follow some ancient book. It's not even about following an ancient book. It's on the inside of you. And you basically have to deny the truth that's been impressed on you when you were created because all people were created in the image of god not all people are god's children ah, can we make that distinction not all people are god's children because you have to accept him in order to become his children you have to accept him through faith in jesus and or I, I i've heard that you know we're all god's children no we're not not if you haven't accepted christ as your lord and savior you're not a, a, ch a child of god now, once you accept it, then yes, you are. You now are adopted into God's family. But all human beings, as we saw from Genesis chapter 1, are created in the image of God. Now, you know, oh, that's, that's the Old Testament. Well, Jesus confirmed it. Turn to Matthew 19. Matthew 19, verse 4. Haven't you read, he replied. <laughs> I, I like the way um, Jamin puts it. All are his creation, but few are his children. Very true. And that's why we do what we do, so that there's more of his children. Amen? Uh, Matthew 19, verse 4. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. You know, whenever I hear this stuff, you know, Jesus, that, if Jesus didn't talk about it, you can't say it about this. You can't use that excuse about this. And by the way, and I've addressed this before, just to sum it up very, very quickly, a lot of times the Pharisees ask certain questions of Jesus to try to trap him, to try to see if something changed. Jesus is the son of God. He is God. 
okay? Unless something has been specifically uh, uh, done away with because of Christ, then the law of God doesn't change, okay? If Jesus didn't specifically mention it, I, and you know what I'm talking about, it didn't need to be mentioned. They didn't dare ask about it. It was such an abomination to God that there's no, oh, Jesus didn't, no Jewish man in their right mind would have approached Jesus with a question to try and get out of something that was considered an abomination to God. That's why Jesus didn't mention it. He mentioned divorce because Moses made an exception for divorce. And so they had to figure that out. Talking about how to treat women in terms of lust and murder and all those things because it wasn't fully clear. But there was one subject <laughs> that was so clear, so cut and dry. They didn't dare ask about it, just for the record. And, and, and in any case, Jesus, anyways, it's as if Jesus and God are like, they have different... Um, uh, rules no oh boy anyways just a little bit of a sidebar for you yeah anyways um let's continue haven't you read that at the beginning the creator made them male and female and said for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh so they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. It's clear. It's obvious. It's specific. And go, go down to verse 11. Jesus replied, not anyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For some are eunuchs because they were born that way. Others were made that way by men and others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. Jesus was very clear. Man, woman, they either marry each other or they don't get married at all. That, that's it. And Paul uh, confirmed. Yeah, verse, verse 11, Matthew 19, that was, that was verse 11 and 12, right? Marriage man and woman um or you renounce marriage <laughs> right it's it's jesus so so when you're all like jesus didn't say jesus well i'm not sure what but, but sometimes when people say stuff I, I really sincerely wonder do they read the bible have they ever read the bible or do they just parrot stuff that they've heard other people say and they're like, oh, well, you know, the Bible says this. Well, anyways, you know, because he, here's the thing. Okay, th this is the thing you have to understand about this, about this, this topic, this subject that we're talking about. Um, it's difficult because you also have to remember, guys, we're, we're dealing with people. And so, and, and, I, and I tend to hear kind of like two sides of the story either it's like you just accept everything or you say something oh those people are disgusting i can't believe they do that well guys they they don't they're they're living in sin they don't know they're confused and deceived and they don't know they're deceived 
and they need the Lord. Our goal should always be to see people come to Christ. And so I feel like we have to sometimes even be careful how we speak and how we, we, we show things. Because yes, there's sin and there's wickedness, but there are also souls in there who need to be saved. And so we, we, we can't just be like, oh, they, they disgust me. Listen, I understand. But it's like, we also have to be a little bit more like, okay, I understand there, there are people that are lost in their sin. They don't, re they don't know what they're doing. They have, their consciences are seared. Those consciences, like I, I mentioned before, about how uh, uh, the law of God is written on their hearts, they have seared those consciences and there's a veil over their eyes. The Bible talks about the Satan being the God, small g, of this world and has put a veil over people's eyes. And so they don't know. So we need to be showing them, um, one by humor, 100%. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I do it. The Lord has blessed me um, with a sense of humor. Thank you, Lord. I'm very grateful. Um, we need to be praying for people. We need to be, but, but, but this is where you get trouble. Because then you have people in the church who, who either avoid things that the Bible says or change what the Bible says and say, well, you know, we have to love people. We have to reach them. Let me tell you something. People who are lost in their sin, they don't love God. They don't believe the Bible and they don't care whether or not you love them. So, so you, we're doing people a disservice by not telling them the truth. We don't, we don't say it in a, in a, a, a condemnation kind of way. Um, but by not telling them the truth, you're, you're doing a disservice to people. They don't have to listen. They don't have to believe it. But it's our responsibility to tell them and to stand on the truth of the word. We have a responsibility to that. And today in the church, there are things up for debate that biblically speaking should not be up for debate. About this, there is no debate. And they, we've made it a debate and we've used the excuse, well, we have to love people. Yes, we do. You know, when Jesus, um, you know, t told the men to drop the stones and, and what did he say to the woman? He said, go and sin no more. What did he say? Tell you, make sure you tell people, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Repent. Not, well, it's okay. You were made that way. No, we've already established how we were made. We've established so anything that is contrary to that perfect image of God, we are to believe for it to be uh, um, um, restored, whether it be something of an illness, something of a disability, or, or whether it be something that you think you were created a different way. Or you think you were created with, with something that goes in contrary to God. Remember, part of being made in his image is that we are morally in his image. So if we believe that we're something um, that is outside of the parameters of what God created, then it, it's not right. Oh, I was God made me this way. No, he didn't. Yep, my, my aunt summed it up very well. We must love the person but not accept the wrong lifestyle as okay under the guise of love. That's what it is. It's like an excuse. We have to reach them. And, you, and as a result, you've reached no one because they don't care. 
it's like oh you know we have to we'll march we'll march in the parade with them to show them that we love them okay go for it you're gonna you're gonna convert nobody that way show me all the people that have that have come to christ sincerely and stuck with it if you don't tell them the truth because at some point they're going to be confronted with having to make a decision hey i saw that the bible says this this is contrary to how i'm living what should i do So you, you could try to change what the Bible says, but you're doing people a, a, a grave disservice. And there's going to be a lot of people in hell who are misled. And the people who misled them are going to be there with them. Don't let it be you. Don't let it be you. I'm glad, Sarah. You know, we talk, uh, anyways. So I want to, I want to read a scripture found in first Corinthians and this I believe um, should I guess you could say put a bow on the, on this whole subject matter at least I think so um, turn to first Corinthians chapter 6 this is Paul speaking good me neither Philomena and people are, listen I've lost a lot of friends over the years and I, I tried my best to be as loving and, and, as I possibly could, but they don't believe what the Bible says, and I do. And and I, I one thing I know for sure is that I can't look back and say that I didn't tell them the truth. I did. Um, and that's probably as Christians, like Roe mentioned about that it's hard. I would say that's the most difficult thing to to preach the truth but be kind. Um, it's it's very difficult. Um, you know, because the Bible says, you know, the kindness of God draws men to repentance, right? Um, it's true. You're right, Bruno. And that's, and that's, that, that's, it's creeped into the church and we're, we're using this excuse. We have to love them. Yes, we do. That someone mentioned, and I forgot who it was. If you love Jesus, if you love me, you obey my commands. And so true love of God is obedience. And there might be things that you're like, man, I, it's tough. It's tough. You might be t talking to someone. They're like, wow, really? Yep. I, I, that, that's, that's how it is. They, they could choose whether or not to believe it, but it's our responsibility to tell them. First Corinthians chapter six and verse nine. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters. By the way, when, when I'm about to read the scripture, it's considered hate speech, by the way. Just to let you know. But this is, like I literally could like hold it up and, and show it to you. Okay? Because, anyways, well, let me continue. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. They already have those ideas, Steph. 
I love that verse 11 because it, 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 it gives you the flip side of it. That's what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of God. Now, I want to go through some definitions of what I just read, two uh, in particular. Um, using the original language, as I often do, because as we know, the Bible wasn't written in English. And because the Bible wasn't written in English, there's going to be words that, well, the, you know, that word, um, you know, it wasn't even invented until this. Okay, yeah, I, I, I understand that. The word Bible is not in the Bible. Okay, <laughs> the Bible's not written in English. Like, I don't know why that's so complex. I, I, it just, sometimes, like, I love people, but it's like, guys, why are you, why are you like that? No one ever said the Bible, were you, English, it's because I, I speak English. So sorry that I'm using English words, but that's why I, I take very careful study of um, the original language. And there's a word, it's not in this particular translation, but you'll find it in the, um, the King James Version. There's a word that it's called effeminate. I'm sure you've heard that word, yeah? And this is what effeminate means according to the original language. Men who have women-like traits to an inappropriate degree, who has rejected his masculinity, who takes on characteristics of a female, or who has chosen to identify as a female. I agreed you. <laughs> I didn't want to say why are you dumb, but but Jew said it for me. <laughs> okay. Should I read it again? The word effeminate, which is found in this scripture in the original language, means men who have women-like traits to an inappropriate degree, who has rejected his masculinity, who takes on characteristics of a female, or who has chosen to identify as a female. No, he's not, Jamin. Um, you know, when the Bible talks about men shouldn't dress like women and women shouldn't dress like men, that has nothing to do with, I remember there's a lot of religions and denominations that feel that that means that women can't wear pants. It has nothing to do with that. It is taking on the identity of the opposite gender. That's what it means. And it's forbidden. It's forbidden. That's in the Old Testament. But that's what it is. I'm sorry. I'm apologizing to you guys. You can't, again, if you make a decision as a Christian, because I'm, a, I'm talking to Christians right now. I'm not, I'm not talking to sinners yet. I'm talking to Christians right now who, who are allowing these subjects to go up for debate. Well, I don't really have an answer to that. You know, I mean, God, I, if I could talk to God, I wish that he would have done this. Um, you know, it would have made it so much easier. Yeah, I bet it would have. Then you wouldn't have to take a stand on anything. Then you wouldn't possibly have to face uh, uh, um, any kind of persecution. Yeah, that would have been much easier. For sure. All right. Sorry. 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 Anyways. Um, well, Steph, that's an interesting question. But the thing is, they're doing it... Um, Yeah, agreed, Bruno. I mean, they're doing it as a as a to play. They don't. They don't see. Okay, if you're doing that, um, 
you know, you're pretending to be something. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire, for example, if we're going to go there. Um, so as long as they're not actually... I, now, again, I wouldn't... Whatever. Pick another play, I guess. But um, they're, not, they're not actually identifying as that. They're just pretending. Um, anyways. But I, I, I guess... You know what, Steph? To be honest, if we're being really honest, um, you, could, you could make an argument that that scripture would address anyone trying to be the opposite gender purpose, purposefully. Pina, the answer... Okay. Pina, I'm glad you brought that up. When I was... Um, I know if you probably say I still am, but I, I probably was a quote-unquote tomboy, I guess. Um, although, you know, my mom always put me in dresses and, like, cute little shoes and bows in my hair and stuff, so I don't know how much of one I really was, but... Um, you know, I, I, I like I like sports and, and you know, but I'm gonna tell you what, um, I wasn't I wasn't pretending. Okay, actually, there was a point where I did I was pretending to be a boy because I was you know I had problems. I grew out of it, um, but just because you you know don't necessarily want to wear like I guess I don't really like that definition or, or to to put it that way. Um, you know, I I like sports. When I was a kid, and my parents never said, "Oh, you know, girls don't like sports," because you know what? You know what would have happened if they would have said that? If they would have said that, I might have thought, "Well, I must be born in the wrong body." Then now, obviously, when I I was born in the '80s, that wasn't really a possibility. These days, you could think that because it's all in your face. Um, so you'd have to, anyways. Um. But so, so what, what did they do? My dad took me to baseball games and took me to hockey games. And you know what ended up happening to me, guys? I grew up and realized, yeah, I'm a woman and I like being one and I want to be one. There, that's it. Very, un, very unimpressive story. Um, you know, very, very unimpressive. Uh, I, always, I always used to kind of, and it was something I needed to be delivered from, which I was. Um, you know, or I always kind of assumed like a male character because it was I, I was but I grew out of it um I grew out of it and, and that's just the way it is it's funny because I you know how I know I you know how I know I fully grew out of it I have this game um it's a Seinfeld uh, it's a okay whatever it's a Seinfeld trivia game not that I'm recommending you play it or watch the show and there's four pieces um there's three male pieces and one uh female piece and when we open the game to play, I'm like, ooh, I'm the, the woman. Without even thinking. There was a time in my life where I would have picked one of the male characters. But now, I'm like, just instinctively, oh, I'm the woman. This, that's, I, I have to be the woman character. Um, or I was playing Mario Kart with my nephew. And I picked the princess. <laughs> princess Peach, right? Not, again, without even thinking about it. Because instinctively, I now go towards the female character. But again, I, I needed to be delivered from that because it is something that, and again, thank, thank the Lord that number one, I had great parents, and number two, I was born in the 80s. Because if I was born now and I felt that way, it would've been like, you know, I, I would rather be a boy. And then what would happen? Well, you know, because now it's an option. So rather than letting people just grow out of it because they will, I also wanted to be a dog, you guys. 
I used to crawl down on all fours and bark. You know? I mean, that, that was like last week, but I grew out of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I was a kid. Let kids be kids also, you know? And that's why you get your kids. You know, our, our children's church is great. Because our children's church, we preach to them. You know, we're not just coloring and like gluing macaroni on, uh, on, uh, on popsicle sticks, right? We're preaching to them and preaching the word to them. Right? And so, so that's, don't like, we let kids be kids, but we also, we preach the word. Don't treat them like they're dumb. Don't treat them like they're dumb. Not yet, Ro. That, that was later on in life. Right? <laughs> I, I was cool. It's true. Um, so yeah, so they're, they're, you're fostering people's confusion. You're, 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 people are confused. And instead of just, because again, you, I'm, I'm a girl that likes sports. Big deal. So I like sports. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of women that play sports that are, that are women that are, that have husbands and children. So what? Your instincts, that, that's what, that's what makes you who you are is your instincts. Because I remember in high school, it's probably my first or second year, I realized, you know, I don't want to wear oversized t-shirts anymore. So I started like, you know with the lipstick and the, the nail polish, um, you know, and I realized that wasn't quite me either, but lipstick and nail polish isn't what makes you a woman, nor is a dress. That is all superficial things. What makes you a woman is the instinct of who you are inside. And certainly I have those instincts of, of nurturing, of taking care of things, of, you know, seeing things right in front of your face. It's what we're best at. Um, anyways, this could, listen, this is, this is, there's not enough time to really get more fully into this because then you, you, you know, I've heard, I've had people ask questions, you know, what if you have a boy who like, you know, wants to play with dolls and then, listen, I, I, I don't have, I don't have the time, um, to, to get into that because I want to continue in the scripture here, but, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it to you this way, you know, when you know that you're created in the image of God, who you are is an instinct that's in your spirit, right? Um, yeah, I agree, Jill. I'm like that too. I'm very much a girl in, in most, pretty much everything. Um, because it's your instincts, right? Um, okay, let, let's go to the next one because my, my time's running short. This is... Again, this is one of those, why do I think it's going to take one week kind of things, but I, I think I can get through it all because it's, it, it's important. Um, agreed, Sheba. Absolutely. I, Sheba said, let me read out Sheba's comment for those who are watching later. As a spirit-filled parent, God will give you the direction and wisdom to deal with that situation, just like my parents did, you know, because it would have been very easy for them to be like, you know, um, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do sports. You should do this. No, what did they do? My dad, like I said, my dad bought me tickets to baseball games and hockey games and all that. Um, cause I think, I think it would be, did I go off for a second? I just got a thing that said poor connection. <laughs> I know the devil, the devil doesn't like this, this subject matter. So he's trying to uh, emoji hand if I'm back. Cause I think I feel like it said um, I'm, I'm good. Don't worry, Jill. I'm on my way. 
Um, exactly, Beatrice. We have to embrace embrace that role. Um, so, th so the first one I read was effeminate. Okay. The second one, which again, this is the original language, um, and you see these definitions in the, or you see these words more specifically in the in the King James version. Abusers of themselves with mankind. So this is we're talking about. Um, male prostitutes or homosexual offenders okay this is what we're talking about yes you're here pina you <laughs> thank goodness I was like, pina's pina always ends up going off i went i don't know what, what what's going on um so abusers of themselves with mankind so listen to this definition one guilty of unnatural acts such as sodomy homosexuality lesbianism or pet pederast, which is someone who has sexual relations with a child. That's it, you guys. I didn't write it. I didn't make it up. This is what the scripture says. And that's why people don't want the Bible spoken. And if you're a Christian and you try to, to, to weasel your way out of this, you're wrong and you're deceiving people. You gotta stop. I know it's hard. I know people. Trust me, it's it's very hard. I get it. You don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, especially like I know a lot of very nice, sincere people. But you can't you can't get around it. You just can't. That's all there is to it. Well, I of course, Bruno. That that it, they're they're picking out the difficult stuff, and just being all Jesus loves everybody. Yeah, he does. He died for them. But if there wasn't sin that needed to be eradicated, he wouldn't have needed to die in the first place. He would have just come, loved everybody, and lived forever with us. That's it. But there was, there was a reason he needed to die. To atone for the sins of mankind. To wash us clean from all impurity. I know we don't like it. But you can't get around it. You just can't. But he, here is what you need to understand. And if you're watching this tonight. And you don't know the Lord. Listen carefully to this. Your identity. Doesn't lie in your gender. Or in your sexual preference. And that's why people feel attacked. Because they believe their identity is found. And who they happen to be attracted to. Or, 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 or whether they're male or female or, or all the other ones apparently. Which don't exist. I'm sorry, they don't. So you have two choices. You either embrace the truth of God's word, which, which is absolute truth. Because that truth is written on our hearts. Or you go outside of it and make stuff up. That's it. You don't want to believe the Bible. You don't have to. But I do. But I have good news for you. You don't have to stay. If you're like, man, I, I don't want to. I think I'm wrong. I don't want to stay this way. Listen to these scriptures as I close. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God 
reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You are, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Galatians 2.20 It's, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. The internet devils really don't want this out there, do they? Because my connection never goes off. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Your identity is not found in your gender, whatever you think it might be. That's not your identity. We were created to be united with Christ, united with God. That's what we were originally. If you, if you need to go back to the beginning, if you just joined in, I explained everything of what we were created to be. And so anything outside of that, that's not who you are. I'm struggling, I'm struggling. I was too. You look, find my testimony, it's somewhere. I think Lisa has it on her, uh, on her Instagram. I was too. Turn to Ephesians chapter two, the last scripture we're gonna read. Through Christ, we're now back in unity, which was the plan all along with God. So anything that goes outside of, the, uh, of God's morality and holiness is wrong. But you don't have to stay that way. That's the best part. You know, there's a glorification of self right now. You know, it's all, it's all, about, me. It's all about me all the time. I feel this way. You have to respect me because I feel this way. No, you have to fear and respect God. It's not about, it's not, everything, it's, it's so, everything's rooted. It's an idol of selfishness, right? It's an idol of selfishness. When you trust God and you come in a covenant with him, you trust that he knows best because he does. He knows what's best for us. Everything he created. It is narcissistic. You're right, Steph. 100%. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Now I want you to hear this carefully. If you're watching this today and you're like, man, my identity is not in the right place. I'm struggling. I'm going through something. I don't know if I could change. Listen to this. Um, Ephesians 2, we're going to start at verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath, but because of his great love for us, because of his great 
love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by this grace we are saved. You have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Jesus Christ. In order then in the com comparing ages, in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Big, big scriptures there. You were once dead, but now you've been made alive with Christ and you're his workmanship. That's who you are. That's what you identify with. I identify with Christ. I'm made in the image of God. I am his workmanship. I'm a new creature. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. I'm God's masterpiece. That's right, Sarah. I'm a daughter of the King. We've been made alive with Christ. We are dead to our sins and transgressions and made alive with Christ. So how do you do that? You come into right relationship with God. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you've never prayed that prayer, I want to give you a chance to, if you're struggling, it, it happened to me. I was struggling with my identity. I was struggling with my attractions, with all of it. And God came in and he invaded me and he washed me in his blood. And now it's no longer I who lives. That's why it's not about me. So when you hear people talk, you know, it's always about, I feel this way. I believe I'm this. I believe I'm that. No. Christ lives in me. Pray this prayer. Say, Father, I give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and my Savior. I choose to follow you and not turn back. Thank you that I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please message this account and let us know. You know, on Friday night, we had someone who was watching on the live stream who, who messaged uh, uh, who messaged the... the, the um, whatever you message and, and said that they got saved. And I was so happy when I heard that because you know what? Um, these messages are reaching a lot of people. And I, I, you know, in this subject, this is important to me because I, I, I know it. I've experienced it. And like I said, thank God 
I was born in a very different era. And thank God for my parents. I don't know otherwise. I don't want to know. 